Good morning and welcome to Broadway Baptist Church for our online worship this morning. My name is Zach Bauer. I'm the student pastor here at Broadway. And this morning I'm going to be opening our service by reading from Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Good morning, church. Welcome to online worship with us here at Broadway. We're so glad you're with us. I'm going to invite you to stand and declare with us this morning that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Let's sing together this morning. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare His praise. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb. The Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Let's sing together this morning. Open up the gates. Oh, so open up the gates. Make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to say is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. We declare together this morning, who can stop the Lord? Let's sing it together. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Oh, 
Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's rolling with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before Him. Oh, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Amen. Wherever you're at, you can be seated for just a moment this morning. We are so thankful that you are here to worship with us. We know we're separated by distance, but we are still gathered together this morning as much as we can be to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're new with us, if this is maybe your first time tuning into one of our services, we want to encourage you to reach out to us. You can message our Facebook page, or you can simply leave a comment on this post that says, I'm new. And one of our staff members will get in touch with you just as quickly as we can and uh, get you connected to all that we have going on here at Broadway. We're excited about the things coming up in the days to come as we move quickly towards uh, uh, moving back to a, to a fuller schedule, and we're excited about that. As we continue to read this morning, Zach Bauer, our youth pastor, opened us with one of my favorite passages in the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. But Paul goes on to write, Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Can I be honest with you this morning and just say there are things that I've done this week and I've grumbled and complained about it. My wife will be the first to attest to that. Even this morning, she asked me to do something on my way out the door, and I kind of muttered under my breath a little bit. And so this morning, would you simply come to the Lord as we come together this morning? We're going to spend some time as we renew and restore our relationship with the Father in a time of confession. Would you join me? Father, we thank you that we can come and we can worship you. Lord, we know that in order for us to worship you, God, we have to be right with you. And so this morning, Lord, we come to you and we bring all of the things that separate us from you, our sins, our transgressions. God, we confess to you that we have selfishly gone our own way this week. Lord, we have not loved others the way we should. We haven't loved you the way we should. Father, we've complained about things that we have done. God, we know that you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. Lord, we thank you for that forgiveness that we find in Jesus. God, would you restore us now that we could worship you fully through your spirit. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Patty, would you continue reading for us? Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Paul tells us in that passage in Philippians 2 that it's not our power, but Christ who's working in us. So we trust in him to hold us until the day of our salvation is made complete. We learned this song in VBS this year. If you were a kid and you joined us that week, why don't you stand up and do the motions with us as we sing together this morning. We trust, we trust, we trust in you, Jesus. You're all, you're all, you're all that we need. Your power will pull us through. We're trusting in you. We're trusting in you. You give us hope and a life that's forever. You make us bold. As we stand together, your power will pull us through. We're trusting in you. We're trusting in you. We're off on this journey. There's no looking back. With Jesus to lead us, we're on the right track. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. Wide open spaces for wide open eyes. We're looking ahead for the next big surprise. Oh, 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 we trust, we trust, we trust in you, Jesus. You're all, you're all, you're all that we need. Your power will pull us through. We're trusting in you. We're trusting in you. You give us hope and life that's forever. You make us bold and we stand together. Your power will pull us through. We're trusting in you. We're trusting in you. We're off on this journey. There's no looking back. With Jesus to lead us, we're on the right track. Oh, 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 oh. Wide open spaces for wide open eyes. We're looking ahead for the next big surprise. Oh, 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 oh. One more time. We trust, we trust, we trust in you, Jesus. You're all, you're all. You're all that we need. Your power will pull us through. We're trusting in you. We're trusting in you. You give us hope and life that's forever. You make us fall and we stand together. Your power will pull us through. We're trusting in you. We're trusting in you. We're trusting in you. In Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him or endure. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. It's so sweet, it's so sweet. Trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know 
Thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, go for grace to trust Him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust His cleansing blood, just in simple faith to plunge me deep the healing, cleansing blood. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for great to trust Him more. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I learned to trust Him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that He is with me, will be with me to the end. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I trust Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. I'm going to encourage you right now. I'm going to ask our guys in the booth to throw up our text to give number. Uh, and I'm going to encourage you to take this opportunity as I pray and uh, we go into uh, to another song to, to use this opportunity to give. You can text to give uh, or follow the link, uh, hopefully on this post, to our online giving page. I'm going to encourage you to take this opportunity to do that. Would you pray with me? Lord, we put our trust in you. God, we trust you for uh, our daily sustenance, Lord, for for. Uh, sustaining us from day to day. God, now as we move into uh, a time of giving in our service, Lord, may we give out of that trust. Father, that we trust you to provide our needs. And so, Lord, in turn, we will be faithful to give to you what's rightfully yours. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are, and we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name. Amen. If we continue reading in Philippians 2, just a couple verses later... Paul writes, starting in verse 17, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul is saying that no matter what comes, he's to be joyful and sing his praises with the Philippian church. Would you join us this morning as we sing our praises to God? 
I count on one thing The same God who never fails Will not fail me now He won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh yes, I will. with us I count on one thing I count on one thing the same God that never fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never late is working all things out you working all things out oh yes i will lift you high in the lowest valley yes i will bless your name oh yes i will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days oh yes i will for all my days oh yes I will I choose to praise to glorify glorify the name of all names and nothing can stand against I choose to praise to glorify glorify the name of all names and nothing can stand against and I choose to praise to glorify glorify the name of all names and nothing can stand against oh yes I will lift you high in the lowest valley yes I will bless your name oh yes I will for joy when my heart is heavy all my days oh yes I will for all my days oh yes I will for all my days yes I will Father we praise you even in the midst of difficult times, Lord, we bring you our worship. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
Welcome to online worship. We're so glad you're able to join us. We're re- thankful for the folks who here in the pews as well. So I want to give you all a couple of quick updates uh, with um, some things going on, some all exciting things here. But I do for our online audience, um, two things I want to mention. Chris mentioned uh, giving. So hopefully someone's been able to share a link for you to be able to give online. You can use text to give or just click right on over to our um uh, our, our church website and certainly contribute and give like that. You can also always just mail in your offering. A lot of folks do that. For in, our in, uh, in-person crowd, we have our black boxes back there in the back at the Welcome Center. Also, you will, will, so you'll want to have your bulletin today. So even the folks here in the pews, you want to make sure you have a bulletin there in the back and go ahead and pull it out because I'm going to reference it uh, several times this morning. Um, that way you can follow along with the sermon notes uh, with that, uh, so you can see some things going on today, we're going to be concluding a sermon series on the disciples. It's called Broken Team, how Jesus took these men, these disciples, and he shaped them and m- invested in them, making them into the men they certainly were throughout the scriptures, including men who were willing to die for their faith. This morning, I emailed um, our chairman of deacons. Uh, David Humlong, uh, kind of some restart plans for September. We've got some exciting plans, so he's going to be sending that out to the rest of the deacons. Uh, so some things going on, exciting. We've got a blood drive next month in September. Can you already believe it's August? Next month, September, so we're going to have our Wednesday night, uh, have Sunday school, a lot of things starting back, so you'll be able to see that. You know, One of the things we are meeting in um uh, online instead of having in-person services. One of the things we've tried to do as a church is be very respectful and honor our governor's request. So he asked for a school to wait till the third week in August to resume. And we've, um, we've been able to honor that, even our preschool here. So that will be starting next month. So hopefully this week in my weekly email, you'll be seeing all of those restart plans for next month um, beginning. But Next week, we will be back at our 10 a.m. in-person service. So you're watching this. You're absolutely encouraged to, uh, you know, I guess, bring your masks, practice your social distancing. We'll be certainly resuming our in-person services here at Broadway. And our restart will be in September with Sunday school, Wednesday night programming, getting back to our... um, our, our, our weekly routines, even getting ready for children's basketball and uh, children's choir coming up too to start next month with that. But if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. Now, in your bulletin, you'll see here that there's three different scriptures. And at first, I was going to read all of that. And I thought, that is just, that's a lot. That would be a 50-minute sermon, so... Um, you can read, I'll, I'll reference those scriptures, but you can read those. You can make that part of your homework uh, for this week, for your, um, for your reading. Today's message, we're going to be looking at three men. And this is really the final three here. And I believe it's three that it's important because these are the ones we're going to kind of wonder, go, okay, Judas... Matthias here, the guy who replaced Judas. And then we're going to be looking at Paul, and you're like, Paul, why is he a disciple? Well, I'm going to show you all, or I'll tell you all why uh, he was included. Him and Barnabas are actually called apostles. But go ahead and turn your Bibles, book of Acts, 
chapter 1, verse 15. While you turn there, I want to give you some background information. First, we'll go talk here about Judas. Judas was one of the twelve. We all know who Judas is because Judas betrayed Jesus. But you know, I think about Judas. Judas was someone who spent three years watching Jesus perform the miracles. He witnessed Jesus go about healing folks, seeing people saved, seeing Lazarus raised from the dead. He was there from the beginning. And all of a sudden, at the very end, Judas, the Bible says, and I'll just reference it, it says that Satan entered into Judas, that he was influenced. He was impacted by the devil. That's out of John 13, 2. And what happened is Judas then, he had a demonic influence And he was there at the Lord's Supper. And all of a sudden, Jesus told all the disciples, He says, you know, one of you is going to betray me. The one I give this bread to. He gave it to Judas. And Judas, the other disciples, they don't understand. They're completely confused. We would be confused too. Judas got up from that table and he went, to the chief priests and the Pharisees that night and says, what will you give me if I turn them over to you, Jesus? Because what happened, the chief priests and the Pharisees, they wanted to arrest Jesus because they were jealous of him. They were envious of him. And that was, they needed an opportunity where there was no one around, where they could quietly arrest Jesus, take him in custody, and not have the crowds witness it. And Jesus knew where, or Judas knew where Jesus would always be at. So having an insider say, hey, he's going to be here at the Garden of Gethsemane on Mount of Olives, right outside the city gates. That's where he always meets and prays. We'll just quietly arrest him there. And Judas took that money and he waited for that night to lead the religious leaders, to have Jesus arrested. You know, in many ways, and you think of a traitor, you think of somebody who betrayed others. Who do we think of? We think of Judas. And he certainly did that. It was the greatest failure on earth. And you know, we know about Judas. He didn't need the money because the book of John says Judas helped himself freely to the money bag. You know, Jesus was one of those guys, he didn't have good accounting. He was son of God, so he didn't really need good accounting, I guess. Judas was still money. He was the treasurer. But I have up here on the screen. Um, you know, what was Judas's greatest strength? His greatest strength was that he handled money very well. And you know, we have to remember what Jesus says about money. People who work with money have to be careful Because the Bible tells us in Matthew 6.24, you cannot serve both God and, as the KJV says, mammon or money. You cannot serve both. Judas was an accountant. Patrick Singleton here on the front row is an accountant. 
And I'm sitting here looking at him, and I'm sitting here preaching against accountants, you know, people who, who, who work with money all the time. That's our Judas. He was the treasurer. And we cannot serve God in money. Now, ministry requires money. Living requires money. You go to Walmart, what do you need? You need money. I mean, it's going to take, it takes money for the world to go round. But the Bible reminds us of Judas. The Son of God was worth 30 pieces of silver to Judas. The man had it all, Judas. He even stole from the treasure, treasury bag. Yet he, the problem with money is there is this desire for more and more and more. Even this week, Apple. Do you know, I think it's the, it's the first $1 trillion company. Trillion. We can't even fathom how much money that is. But Apple is worth that much. Do you know the guy who runs Apple is an Auburn University graduate at Sherry? Did you know that? That's true. Auburn University, a guy running a $1 trillion company with that. So he, he, he handled money well. Not only that, here's the problem too with your greatest strength. Your greatest strength can also, and it will be your greatest witness, weakness. So if you're really good with money, if you're really skilled in one area of life, that will be your downfall. This is what makes a, makes a man a workaholic. This is what makes a wife love her children more than her husband. This is what makes your, your desires, your strengths, your gifts, what happens, it takes over your life. Instead of the Lord leading your life, what led Judas's life? It was his desire for wealth, for money. It was greed. 30 pieces of silver. That was how much he sold Jesus for. Now, what does Judas remind us? When we think of this disciple, he reminds us that it's possible to be close to Jesus, yet we're hardened by sin. Sin, even though you might have a close intimacy, a closeness with the Lord, you can certainly be hardened by sin. That's why we cannot serve both God and money. Remember what Jesus says. The Pharisees and chief priests were trying to trap him about whether or not to pay taxes. He says, you give to God what's God's, you give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Meaning, you absolutely respect the Lord, you honor the Lord, yet you also show your respect and your honor to the government. That's what we're doing with this closed service, and that's why you're worshiping online. We respect our governor, yet we certainly honor the Lord. We, uh, there, there's a balance between the two. We pay our taxes, and we pay our tithe. But not only that, what does Judas also remind us? No matter how sinful a person is, God's plan can't be thwarted. Remember, God used Judas's betrayal to help lead him to the cross to die for our sins. God's plan, his purpose was for Jesus to die. It was not thwarted with that. So that is Judas here. And we're about to read how Judas died. Judas committed suicide. 
He became remorseful, not repentant. He was not, there's a difference between remorseful, feeling sorry. You might feel sorry for me right now. But that's not repentance. Repentance is turning from your sins, asking forgiveness from your sins, and turning to the Lord. Judas, the Bible says in Matthew 26, was remorseful when after he saw Jesus was arrested and was led to the cross. He went back to the chief priests and he tried to return the money. He says, here's your money back. Here, or here's your 30 silver pieces of silver. I don't want it anymore. And the chief priest said, we can't take that. We've already made a deal. These are legalists, so they're not taking the money back. So Judas, so what do you do when you try to return something and they refuse? You just throw it at them. Say, I'm out of here. Here's your money back. I'm out of here. So they pick up the money and go, we can't take it. What do we do with it? They went and bought a cemetery for foreigners. Have you ever been, have you ever, you know, actually researched this this week here in Lexington. Someone who's maybe uh, doesn't have the resources to purchase a, a burial plot and land, or, or um, a place to be buried, if you go, and there's actually one in New York City, it's called Potter's Field, and they called that in the Bible, that's where that name comes from, Potter's Field, this is out of Matthew 26, the chief priest took that, those 30 pieces of silver, and bought a cemetery for foreigners to be buried at, who didn't have any money, here in the United States, some towns have Potter's Fields, I remember there was one in Georgia, it's outside of Atlanta, that folks who didn't have any money, and maybe a homeless person, they died and had, couldn't find any family members, they still buried them in a place. It was basically a public cemetery paid for by the state. There's the largest one, it's called Potterfield, New York City. I, don't, I researched it here in Lexington, I don't know where the indignant are buried here in, in Lexington. Maybe you know, maybe you could put it in the comments section right now, if you know... We're there, but that is that is where this comes from. It comes from Judas's thirty pieces of silver, and the chief priests and Pharisees purchasing a cemetery for the poor. Judas then went out and committed suicide after he did that, and that's where we're going to pick up Acts chapter one, because now we're about to be introduced to the disciple who replaced Judas. Look here in your Bible. Acts chapter one. Verse 15. Look what the Bible says. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. And the number of people who were together was about 120 and said, Brothers and sisters, it's necessary that the Scriptures be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit through the mouth of David foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. So what's happening here? Jesus has just ascended into heaven. Now, Judas has committed suicide. Now, 120 people have witnessed the ascension. That was in Acts chapter 1. And Peter, they're, they're probably in the upper room. That's where they would go and meet. Because Jesus told them to wait there. There where they sell it, there observe the Lord's Supper. So, there's a large group of folks just kind of, they're in prayer. They're unified. They're meeting together. And it says, Peter stood up. Peter, which disciple is that? He was Andrew's brother. He was the leader of the disciples. He stood up 
And what's he doing? He's remembering the Scriptures. He's remembering, you know, I finally see the master plan of what God was doing. He allowed Judas to betray Jesus so Jesus could die for our sins and be resurrected. God's plan is not thwarted. Keep going here in your Bible. Because the principle of this, where we're going with this, and why I believe this is important for us, for two reasons. Number one, think about the season we're in. We are in the most unique season in life. When Sherry and I got in the car this morning, I said, Sherry, this might be the last time in our life, that we hopefully it is, that we will ever have a closed worship service where the, where we've respected and honored the government, our, 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 um, our governor, and the rest of our life we might never again have a service where it's an internet-only service and people are discouraged from coming to a worship service. Well, Peter realizes, hey, God used Judas to further the gospel. God, I believe, is using this pandemic that we are in, this coronavirus season, I believe two things are going to happen. Folks are going to either fall away from the Lord or there's going to be a great revival and people can turn to a great harvest. And folks can spring back into the fall, back into their spiritual lives with a longing for, for the Lord. And that's my prayer. I hope you're praying for that as well. Because Peter's recognizing God is working through Judas's betrayal. God is working in coronavirus season right now. We can't miss the Lord's work. We can't forget the second coming will occur. We can't forget that Jesus is coming back. He is. He is sitting on the throne. He's in heaven. This has not taken him by surprise. He's fully aware that you are at home worshiping. Many of you have not been in a worship service in months, eager to come back to God's house. Look what Peter says here. Verse 17. For he was one of our number and shared in this ministry, referencing Judas. Now this man acquired a field, that's potter's field, with his unrighteous wages, he fell head first, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. So what on earth? Judas, what happened? You know, the Bible's very, it tells you the good and the bad and the ugly. Here's the bad and the ugly part. Judas, after he betrayed Jesus, felt remorseful, returned the money. It says he went out and he hung himself on a tree and the limb broke. And apparently the tree limb was over a, I guess, a cliff. The tree limb broke. He fell down and hit a rock. I mean, this is just a tragic way of dying. And I, the Bible's telling us, reminding us, that God is using this disciple, the treasure, the one who betrayed Jesus, to advance the kingdom. And here's how it is. 
This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that in their own language, that field is called Hecadomah, that is, field of blood. That's the place that Judas died. For it is written in the book of Psalms, this is Psalm 109, Peter knew the Bible. He realized it was God's plan from hundreds of years before Judas was even born and Jesus was born, came into the world, that this was fulfillment of prophecy. Let his dwelling become desolate. Let no one live in it. Let, his, let someone else take his position. Meaning, Judas was one of the twelve. He's now gone. Do you know Jesus said it would have been better for Judas not to have been born? And the reason why Jesus said that was because one of the disciples... I think what's so tough about Judas, this man witnessed all the miracles. He witnessed the workings of Jesus. He with his own eyes saw the God, Son of God, yet he did not believe. His heart was hardened by sin. And I think the principle for us, we can't, we can't forget that if it happened to Judas, it could also happen to us. Just because you are around Jesus, you're in the presence of other Christians, you come to church, that does not make you a believer. Judas is in hell. That's why he said it would have been better for him not to have been born. The Bible says that the devil entered. He influenced Judas. Judas felt remorseful, not repentant. So, keep going here in your Bible. Verse 21. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied, accompanied us, during this whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, Beginning from the baptism. So now what we're talking about, we're going to find someone to replace Judas. And look at the qualifications of what type of person it takes to replace Judas. Someone who's been with us from the beginning. Listen, this is why when you read the book of 1 Timothy, it gives qualifications for church leaders. This is why in order to serve as a deacon at Broadway Baptist Church, you have to be a member for at least two years. Folks need to see this is someone who didn't just show up last week or last month. We've seen their lifestyle for some time. That means they want a disciple of this 120 people that have been with Jesus for three years. They didn't become a believer last week. That's why you don't make Sunday school teachers and leaders in churches people who are brand new to the faith. There's a discipleship process involved. There's a growth process expected of Christian leadership. This is why it's so important for you. So you can look back on your spiritual life from when you became a believer that you have been growing as a disciple and as a believer. That's why it's important for children and for teenagers to look back and say, I have grown in my spiritual life. They're looking for that. Peter's saying, what qualifications 
will we see in the person who's going to fill this spot? Beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. That is what they were looking for someone who has seen resurrected Jesus. So they proposed two. So here, here comes our proposal. We've got two men here. The first one is called Barsabbas, who is also known as Justice, just like fitting in everybody in the Bible has have two names, Barsabbas and Matthias. Look at this. Now, don't miss this, folks. You want to know God's will? Do you want to know God's plan for you? Do you know what the Lord wants you to do? Verse 24, here we go. If you are wondering, how am I to know God's will? Then they prayed. Prayer was what, and is what, determined the replacement of Judas. Guys, when you do not pray about something, when you do not seek after the Lord and for His direction and His guidance, you are telling God, says, God, I know what's best. I'm going my way. I'm not doing what you want, Lord. I'm doing what I want. This 120 people Instead of having a popularity contest and voting, instead of saying, well, who looks better? Who's got the better family? we got these two men here that meet these qualifications. They've been with us from the beginning. They've seen the resurrected Jesus. They witnessed even Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist, Barsabbas, and Matthias. Lord, we're going to pray about these men. We're going to give these men to you. We're going to lift this up to the Lord. Any big decision you make, guys, folks online, you should bathe it in prayer. You have to. And there's, you know, it's fall is right around the corner. There'll be a lot of big decisions coming up, and you're probably in your personal life. You need to be praying for those decisions regarding school, regarding sports regarding finances, regarding your spiritual life, regarding your family. They prayed. He says, Lord, you know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen. Who's, Who's made the decision here? Who chooses leadership? Who chooses you? God does. We're seeking after the Lord. God, you know what to do. Verse 25, look up here. To take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left to go where he belongs. Where does he belong? Judas is in hell. He betrayed Jesus. You know, many of you say, Pastor, that's kind of a, a harsh word to say about Judas, where he belongs. You have to remember the, the disciples, Peter's saying this. And he's thinking, I can't believe I spent 12 years with this guy. He was our treasurer. And he did this? He betrayed us. He betrayed, he turned in Jesus. He's the reason for that. So there's probably some hostility built up towards Judas. But God's plan is working throughout this. 
Verse 26, look what happens here. Last verse. Then they cast lots for them. Do you know what that means to cast lots? It means they took some dice. The dice back then probably weren't our dice that we use. The dice back then were probably drawing sticks. Or it was a form of stones. We don't exactly know. But they basically picked up sticks. They drew sticks. They threw down the stones. They prayed about this. And they trusted this is their fleece. They're putting it out to God. They cast lots for them. And the lot fell to Matthias. And he was added to the eleven disciples. Or apostles. And I think what we see here. We see the process of how to seek the Lord's will. And I think the biblical principle for us this morning, and what God's teaching us about this, this disciple, God used a system of qualifications. People who had, who had been with Jesus for three years. People who had seen the resurrected Jesus. Then the disciples, we involved other people. Other Christian leaders, you ask for your pastor, you ask for your Sunday school leader, you ask for people who are godly to pray for your, about your decision. And then you trust the Lord. They cast lots. They trust the decision is what the Lord wants us to do. So I want you to think about this. If you are going to have to make a decision, if you are at a crossroads, if you have something that's just heavy on your heart, and you're wanting the Lord's guidance. This is a process that the Lord can guide you through. How they chose this disciple is what you can implement as well. Last disciple here. Paul. You don't need to turn there. I just want to tell you about Paul. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. Say, so Daniel, he wasn't one of the twelve. And in Acts chapter 14... It says that God selected Paul and Barnabas to be part of the apostles. Even though he wasn't part of the twelve, Scripture refers to them as the apostles. And who were they apostles to? They were the apostles to the Gentiles. Paul was someone who was who was there at the early days, if you remember this, I want to tell you what made Paul a powerful apostle. The first martyr was a man named Stephen. Stephen was stoned in Acts chapter 7. And the Bible says that a young man named Paul witnessed and supported the stoning of Stephen. And Paul watched this one young man who was bold, who was passionate for his faith, who was willing to die for his faith. Now I want to tell you, there might be a day that you will have to be a Stephen. It's hard to be the only man standing. It's hard to be the, the guy that everybody is throwing stones at and piling on because Stephen believed in Jesus. But Paul witnessed this man die. He saw his passion, his love for the Lord being a martyr. And he, throughout his entire ministry, from watching one man die for his faith, that gave him the boldness that he also 
can die for his faith. And he can live all the days of his life for Jesus. And for you spiritually, can you think of someone you know that has made a strong stand for Jesus? Can you think of a Stephen? When you know of other people, maybe they were at school or they were at sports, they were somebody who was very vocal in their faith. They were not embarrassed. Those type people, or maybe that's you, can influence people such as a Paul. And Paul became the apostle and the disciple to the Gentiles. Many of us here, we are a result of Paul's ministry. Paul took the gospel to Europe. And from Europe, the gospel came from the pilgrims to America. We are a result of Paul's missionary work. America is a free country. We're a country that can worship and love the Lord because missionaries came here from England to bring religious freedom and to start sharing the gospel with the Native Americans and everybody we came in contact with. Those English separatists that came over from the Mayflower were Bible-believing Christians. That's what our country was founded on. That's what it means to have religious freedom, religious liberty. And that's something we use today. We go out in the spirit of religious freedom, the spirit of missionary zeal that the pilgrims had, that Paul had, that all of a sudden this young man named Stephen had who died for his faith. That stream follows all the way to 2020. I'm inviting you to be a passionate disciple, a passionate apostle, a passionate missionary for the Lord. These disciples died for Jesus. James was killed. Peter, legend has it, you know, we don't know, the Bible goes silent, Peter, he, that he was crucified upside down. John was in prison in Patmos. And God gave him the book of Revelation in isolation. And I'm inviting you this morning. God wants you to be a passionate disciple and apostle for Him. He's chosen you. He has a desire for you to be saved. And we respond to the gospel not with remorse like Judas did. We respond with repentance. We turn from our sinful ways and we turn to Jesus and we raise our hand and say, Lord, make me a disciple. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to be the person you've called and chosen me to be. Just like Matthias, God has chosen you. God has placed someone on your heart. God has placed a person that you need to tell the good news of Jesus to. You're going to be coming back to church next Sunday at 10 a.m. Who do you need to invite this week? Who needs to be in these pews? You know, we're going to be starting back next month. There'll be a lot of new opportunities to serve. This past six months, some of you need to come out. 
of being in hibernation and being at home in quarantine, and you need to come out and say, I'm, Lord, hear my hands. Hear my feet. I'm eager and willing to serve. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the good news. If you're online, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. You can give your heart to Jesus this morning. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, I'm going to pray. I want you to pray along with me. And you can repent of your sins and turn to Jesus. I want you to repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin. I turn to you. Lord, from this day on, I'm yours. Lord, you've chosen me. I'm responding to you. Jesus, make me a disciple. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. If you prayed and responded to that message and that prayer, I want to hear from you. Send this church Facebook page a message. Send me an email. Call the church office this week. And we'll be getting in touch with you. Hopefully soon, next month or so, we'll be having baptism. Well, I'll be having public invitations. You can respond to the gospel. We hope to hear from you. Listen, the Lord loves you. I will see you next Sunday. I hope to hear from you. I will see you next Sunday at 10 a.m. right here in the sanctuary. We have a closing, closing song. Patty, Patrick, as well as Chris are going to close this out. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you, every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need You're my one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Lord, we need you every hour of every day. God, we thank you for the time that we have had this morning, and Lord, we pray now that you would guide and direct each and every one of us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We'll see you next week.